It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 49ers, Packers, for the right to play in the NFC Championship game. How can those San Francisco 49ers win in Green Bay? Find out right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Keys to Victory edition to end this week as we get ready for a divisional playoff game. 49ers at Packers and 49ers trying to continue their road win streak in the playoffs at Green Bay Saturday. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. We've got a special guest joining us today. Uh, let's let's just bring him out. You might remember him from the show, a friend of the program, Akash Anavarathan at Akashinov on Twitter. Akash, you've got the you've been you've been bringing the strong numbers. You're always a numbers guy, as you can see from your uh, your office in the in the engineering world behind you. I don't know what's getting scribbled on the walls back there. <laughs> what kind of wizardry you're doing? But I, I love the numbers you bring every week, and you've been bringing them even stronger, even better nuggets in the playoffs. So I appreciate you and wanted to bring you on the show today to, uh, to end the week. What's up, guys? Yeah, I appreciate you for having me. And, you know, as the team's gear for the playoffs, us uh, analysts and content creators got to up our game too. So, you know. That's right. That's what that's has been it's all bringing about. it. Yeah. I've used and, a lot of your tweets on, you know, different shows and things like that. I'm like, well, Akash said, you know, according <laughs> to DVOA and stuff like that. So you've been wrong. If this is wrong, blame Akash. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and you, you got to step up in the playoffs. And sometimes you got to play through pain. And it uh, looks like some 49ers are going to be playing through pain. We got to start with the injury report before we get to keys to victory. Some interesting comments from uh, different professional or former professional football players about the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is good to go and playing this week. So a lot to get into on today's program. And look, guys, let's put it this way. And for those listeners out there that probably can tell, uh, I'm not 100% either right now. But if Jimmy Garoppolo can play with a sprained thumb and a sprained shoulder, I can play with a sprained voice. So uh, I'm sticking it out. I'm here. I was going to sit this one out, but um, I'm rallying here, even though uh, I unfortunately did get diagnosed with COVID this week. So fighting through that, hopefully I'll feel much better in the next 48 hours for this football game that happens on Saturday. But I'm here. Uh, I'm in the game, as is Jimmy Garoppolo. Good news there. And really, guys, the best news possible as far as the injury report in the, the, the regular practice week here for the 49ers on their Thursday, which is a Friday of a normal week, which means Jimmy Garoppolo and Fred Warner are good. They're not even listed as questionable in this one. Uh, Jordan Willis with his ankle is listed as questionable. Nick Bosa listed as questionable with uh, concussion protocol. And uh, Ambry Thomas has got a knee bruise listed as questionable. But it sounded like Kyle Shanahan was optimistic and that it looks good for uh, Ambry Thomas and Nick Bosa to both play, which is massive. So uh, about as good of news as I think 49ers could have gotten on the injury report this week, right? Definitely. I mean, you know, obviously there's some of them you're worried about. Uh, Nick Bosa, is he going to be cleared? You know, concussion protocol. And I think a lot of times we just kind of brush that off like, oh, yeah, 
concussion, he'll be back next week. But we have seen several instances where there have been lingering effects, you know, from the concussion. So it is good to see him kind of heading in the right direction and Kyle Shanahan be as optimistic about him as he is. I never thought I'd say this. The biggest concern for me on that injury report is Ambry Thomas. Because if Ambry Thomas is a no-go, that means it's either Josh Norman or Dante Johnson, which is just a recipe for disaster. So, you know, early in the season, Ambry Thomas was a healthy scratch, and now he's being depended on in a road divisional playoff game in Green Bay. So what a wild season for him. But that's probably the injury that, you know, we'll be closely monitoring. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the, the knee bruise is more of a can he play through the pain type of injury. Right. And in that situation – um, I think he's going to play, and, and I think they're going to find a way to allow him to play with whatever means they have necessary in the old toolbox there. Getting a little uh, shot. Yeah, on that 49ers sideline, maybe some tour at all, whatever it takes. I have no idea what goes into that, but uh, I, I think I'm feeling good about all those guys being out there, and that's huge for the 49ers because the Packers are getting pretty healthy right now and have some big-time players potentially coming back for them this week as well, and they're much more well-rested than the 49ers. Uh, more on that matchup with the 49ers, and the Packers. Good news on the injury report. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. Some really interesting stuff going on right now, though. Richard Sherman, former 49er on his podcast, uh, was pointed out to me by a listener, and now I've seen it start to make waves a little bit because you know Richard Sherman's voice carries some weight. And uh, he was very pro Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I didn't know that Richard Sherman was a Jimmy G stand because uh, you know what it's like, guys, covering the 49ers these days. You're either pro Jimmy or anti Jimmy, and there's nowhere in between. Uh, and Richard Sherman can't believe that folks out there are besmirching Jimmy Garoppolo's name. And uh, even when it comes to interceptions, he said, oh, so what? He throws them interceptions. Dak Prescott threw an interception, and nobody's saying anything about Dak Prescott as a quarterback. And all he's done is win. And um, what he's done for this organization, the fans are ungrateful. And uh, he kind of went in a little bit on, on fans that are that are talking bad about Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, Croc, you brought it to my attention that Chris Sims had some things to say as well recently, but he was on the opposite end, right? He was on the opposite end, and, and it was almost like he sounded angry. And maybe he's frustrated for his buddy, Kyle Shanahan, where he's like, man, if he just had a little bit better quarterback, some of these games wouldn't even be close. Maybe the 49ers would be the number one seed and probably the best team in the NFL right now. You know, they look at some of these games like Tennessee, uh, you know, the Rams game, the, even the Cowboys game with how those games have gone and what has transpired throughout those games. They think a lot of the issues are the quarterback and his limitations and his ability to just kind of do weird things at the wrong times. And it is tough, you know, because you see the wins and he touched on that. He's like, man, you got to start throwing QB wins out the window as it pertains to how good a quarterback is. Because when you're watching Jimmy Garoppolo and you see with your own eyes, there's some odd stuff about it. And he even when, and not even just him, his uh, partner in crime there, I believe it's a, a, a med, Farid, I believe his name is, he went as far as to say if they would have been more patient and would have gotten Kirk Cousins instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, they might have two Super Bowls by now. So they're really kind of down on Jimmy Garoppolo with how he limits uh, what this 49ers team is. And it's hard to you know, disagree with them when you see how talented this roster is, top to bottom. Everybody looks at it and they're like, man, well, the defense is playing at a high level. They're flying around. They're getting stops. They're doing all, everything they can do. Their pass rush is getting to opposing quarterbacks. You look at the offense, and it's like, well, the run game is clicking. You have guys like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk coming alive, and Juwan Jennings. But why are games 
get, being as close as they are consistently. And it sounds like they're pointing their finger at the quarterback with his inability to really put teams away, which we kind of discussed earlier this week on the show. Akash, which side are you on? I, I see both sides. And when Richard Sherman was with the 49ers, you know, he'd go up to those post-game press conferences and he would vouch for every single player on that team. I remember asking him about Jimmy Ward once and he went on like a two-minute rant about Jim, why Jimmy Ward deserves a contract. And when you listen to any of Jimmy Garoppolo's teammates talk about him, they're always, you know, they're always throwing praise at him. And I think when you're his teammate, when you're in the locker room with him, when you're in the bunker with him, you realize how tough he is. He's, you know, consistently showing up out there through these injuries and they really depend on him, I think, as a teammate and a leader. So they don't necessarily speak ill of him. Whereas, you know, when guys like us, when we're on the outside and you're just watching the games, you're watching, you're looking at the numbers, you're watching the film, whatever, you see the limitations in his game. And this season, I think, has been a really good example of just the roller coaster that the 49ers have been in. And it starts with their quarterback. And I look at it like, Jimmy Garoppolo could be driving down the freeway. It'll be perfect. They'll be cruising. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they veer off the road and his interceptions, you know, underthrown balls mistakes, they just come out of the blue. He could be in rhythm playing well. And all of a sudden it's like a flip of the switch. Um, you know, his play just deteriorates. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons why this 49ers team has just been so up and down. I'd say it's Garoppolo and their special teams play. So I absolutely see both sides. And I also, I recognize why he's playing over Trey Lance um, yeah. just because of the baseline he gives you. So I absolutely get it from all standpoints. It's just hard to predict whether the 49ers are going to win this weekend or, you know, win the Super Bowl given their volatility, given the volatility at the quarterback position week to week. And, you know, I think like Sherman said, all quarterbacks turn the ball over. But a lot of times when you look at opposing quarterbacks, okay, they might throw an interception here and there. But what are they doing to overcome it? You know, we talked about Colin Kaepernick, and he opened up a Green Bay Packer playoff game with a pick six. But after that, he went on to lead them down. He scored a touchdown. He had all these explosive plays. He's making plays with his legs. He's making plays with his arms. So I think nobody they, – they'll give you a pass a little bit if you throw a pick, and that's it. But when you throw a pick and you compound that with missed open throws and the opportunity to put teams away, and now they're hanging in, in games that they probably have no business being in, that's when it becomes more of an issue. And that's what's been happening with the 49ers. 49ers are, I think, 8-2 and two in their last 10 games or 9-2 and two in their last 11 games, something like that. The two losses at Seattle, at Tennessee, you know, both of those games had multiple Jimmy Garoppolo turnovers and, you know, a special teams error in Seattle. So it's clear when they lose, it's because of these, you know, these two things. Um, otherwise, like Croc mentioned, their team is stacked from top to bottom with talent. It's just you just look at these two things holding them back this season. More on that notion coming up. Uh, I, you don't have to be just Jimmy Stan or anti-Jimmy like Chris Sims and and uh, Richard Sherman apparently are and a lot of fans are. So uh, we'll try to find where exactly in that middle ground we should be as it pertains to Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and we've done a lot of that, but it was it was just funny to see such different viewpoints from two uh, famous uh Famous talking heads, two two people that famously like to talk a lot in, in Chris Sims and, and and Richard Sherman, and hear their takes on Jimmy Garoppolo as the 49ers get ready to face those Green Bay Packers. But I'm gonna try to save my voice a little bit. Croc, you want to take us through uh some of the sponsors from today's podcast? Definitely. I want to tell our 49er fans about an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside, and our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. 
Just download the free GetUpside app in your app store or Google Play Store right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And get this, guys. You're going to get a bonus, $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at a pump ever again. Get cash back right now by using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people that drive much more than me, which... You know, I live in a small town, 10,000 people. It's probably like, I don't know, the town probably stretches, I don't know, three miles. All right, so I'm not driving very much. But people that are driving a ton, they're making up to two, $300 a month cash back. And crazy thing about it, guys, there's no catch. The cash back gets added straight to your account. You can cash that out anytime using your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon card, or any other brand that you use. All right, so again, just download the free GetUpside app right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And also, we want to tell you guys a little bit about Bet Online, and they want to wish you a happy new betting year as this year continues to march on through the NFL playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action in 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, baseball, hockey. You know, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that's good throughout the 2022 season. You know, if you like the 49ers odds to, you know, cover the six-point spread to the Green Bay Packer, go to Bet Online right now and go put some money on that. All right. Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the games start. Uh, we'll get to that six-point line a little bit later and uh, and talk about the keys for the 49ers to uh, blow that number out of the water on the road in Green Bay. But back to this conversation with with Richard Sherman and, uh, and Chris Sims and Jimmy Garoppolo. One of the things that Sherman did, which I didn't like, and I, I'm not surprised where Sherman is on this because you mentioned it. He's been very pro player. He's a veteran guy, and he's you know he's going to argue the side of the veteran player that he knows. He wasn't around for uh, to meet Trey Lance. He doesn't know Trey Lance at all. He doesn't care about Trey Lance. He went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, none of that is surprising. But for him to to you know look at the fans and kind of shake his finger at the fans and how dare you? You're ungrateful. 49ers fans are rooting for Jimmy. They want their team to win. You know, even fans that want to see Trey Lance play, they still want, like Jimmy and want. Jimmy to play and he completely leaves out the the fact that the 49ers spent three first round picks and a third round pick to go get a quarterback I think that influences how the fans feel about the situation and they want to see this guy play so I I didn't like Sherman faulting the fans for that because uh, if anything fault the 49ers front office and, and I really wish Sherman's co- co-host would have done a better job like following up and asking asking some questions about stuff like that because clearly a fan base is not going to just sit there and be like oh cool you just traded everything as much as any team has ever traded for a quarterback yeah well we don't want to see that guy i'm glad he's going to sit on the bench let's let him sit for five years how about that of course fans aren't going to act like that come on sure i also yeah. think that if you just you know again you we all watch the games and you can just see that there's something odd about it right you know, I talked about not really being able to finish teams off. And if you look at it, a lot of times when the team 49ers do blow teams out, let's say the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Well, how do they do it? It was the run game, right? If you go back, you know, even the other games, look at the games this year where the 49ers won by double digits. How did they win? It's the run game. A lot of times it's Jimmy Garoppolo kind of being more of the, the trailer uh, that we were speaking about when it comes to kind of really blowing teams out. How many times, and we just watched – 
uh, Josh Allen against the New England Patriots. He just destroyed them with his arm, threw for five touchdowns. And I'm not saying that that has to be Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's very clear that for the 49ers to win or even win big, they have to do it a very specific way. And a lot of times it results in taking the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. So I get what R Richard Sherman is saying. And winning games, I know it's not easy in the NFL. We've seen what it looks like without uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and playing with Brian Hoyer, CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, right? Like not ideal, but I do think that there is a level above Jimmy Garoppolo where the 49ers can kind of get to in when you have a player sitting behind them right now and Trey Lance that you look at, you know, hey, we can potentially get more from this guy. We, we're not 100% sure, but we see the potential is there. I think people will, you know, they, they see that and they start calling for that. Absolutely. And that's the reason the 49ers went out and traded three first round picks, you know, ignore what they say, just focus on their actions, right? They did it in the off season. They, you know, they looked into basically every available quarterback and they decided the draft was their only path. And then they spent three first round picks to go add Trey Lance. So their actions tell you everything, you know, they think about the quarterback position. And I think the tough part is he limits the ceiling of the offense. They're one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL right now, depending on what advanced metric you use. But there's this, you know, uh, the eye test. It's, it just doesn't match the eye test like Croc mentioned. Like when you watch a Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, right? There's just a different level of, you know, excellence that those offenses offer that the 49ers just don't. And that's, you know, pointed back to the quarterback position. And, and that being said, back to the Sherman comments, I understand, you know, where the fans are coming from. That's pure passion, right? 49ers especially have one of the biggest fan bases in the NFL. So I understand where, where they stand and I would never like criticize them for, for what they say, as long as, you know, it's not personal or anything. Uh, real quick too. I, I also want to say, and you know, I, I Jimmy Garoppolo does some things very well. He does. You know, there's areas of the field. Kyle, you know, it's not all Kyle Shanahan just playing puppet master with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he has constructed an offense that allows Jimmy Garoppolo to be very efficient. And he plays to his strengths and he does those things. Well, it's just, there's some things that Kyle Shanahan can't really control. And every once in a while, that rears his ugly head, even with him kind of limiting the full scope of what he probably feels like he can do with the 49ers. So I, there are things about Jimmy Garoppolo that he does well. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When there's two minutes left in the game, and if you're down, there's maybe one or two quarterbacks I would like to have on that field uh, aside from Jimmy Garoppolo. So that I think that's as high a praise as it gets. Game on the line, I'll go to him. But it's the other forty, uh, what, uh, fifty-eight minutes of a game that end up being more of a roller coaster than what it should be. Yeah, and sometimes he'll have this Drew Brees-like efficiency for two quarters of the game, and then for a quarter of the game, it's Sam Darnold. And it's like, oh God, get the Sam Darnold out of there! If it was all the Drew Brees-like efficiency, we'd be t telling a different story. And it's not like his interceptions are Stafford-like interceptions or Josh Allen-like interceptions or name the quarterback interceptions where he's trying to do something, you know, over the top and throws into double coverage and someone makes a play. He's, you know, he's. He, it's just, it looks much different. He's not the reason the 49ers have won all those games. He's not the the truck that's carrying the trailer, but clearly the 49ers do have uh, maybe not the ceiling that potentially they could have with Trey Lance if he turns out to be the guy everyone thinks he is, but they have a pretty high floor with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's clearly been by far the best quarterback the 49ers have had so far, and he's still 
gives the 49ers the best chance to win right now because the rookie uh, hasn't had an opportunity to go prove that he's the guy that gives him the best chance to win. And I think that'll be next year. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo will move on. And I think Richard Sherman's wrong that um, it should not be Jimmy Garoppolo next year, but it should be Jimmy Garoppolo Saturday if he's healthy enough to go. And it looks like he's going to be able to do that, which is very exciting. Akash, do you have a favorite statistic as it pertains to a key for the 49ers to win this football game coming up Saturday against the Packers? <laughs> Two things, and it starts at the line of scrimmage. We can start with the Green Bay Packers run defense, which has been abysmal this season. They are in the bottom five of some key advanced metrics in terms of their running defense. They're 27th in rushing defense DVOA. They're 27th in EPA per play uh, rushing defense. They're 32nd in success rate, and they've given up the most explosive run plays in the NFL. Um, so, you know, you look at their personnel and you think their run defense should be better than it is, but it's just not. And I thought that the Browns provided kind of the blueprint for how you attack them. Browns rushed for 219 yards on 25 carries about a month ago. I think it was Christmas weekend in Lambeau. And if Baker Mayfield doesn't throw four picks, they probably win that game by double digits. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, that's easily, you know, you know, the 49ers won't might not be able to replicate that performance, but clearly they had some things on film that they saw and went after. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan watched that game again, and they'll try to implement some of those concepts. So that's the first thing. And then on the flip side, um, the Packers rushed for 100 yards in that first matchup in week three. Uh, the 49ers have not allowed 100 yards rushing to an opponent since November. Uh, there was one game in there against Seattle, I think, it ended up at like 150, but it was the funk, it was the punt fake uh, that caused the rushing total to go over 100. But they haven't allowed 100 yards to running backs since November, and their rushing defense is number one in DVOA, success rate, EPA per play, and explosive run plays allowed uh, since week 10. So their run defense can be stout against AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones, and if they can win on early downs, that means you force you know Aaron Rodgers into third and long. You let your pass rushers tee off, and that's generally how you have success. So those two things at the line of scrimmage are the key for me. The 49ers have a lot of advantages in this game. I don't think it's as good of a, you know, you say styles make fights. It really looked good on paper against the Cowboys, and I was pretty confident in that one. I think there's some of that as well in this game against the Packers. Not quite as a high level of confidence, but uh, a lot of those same things. And look, if the 49ers can have that success running the football, and they showed it in 2019, they've showed it numerous times this year, we know what the game script is supposed to look like for the 49ers on paper. They can do that. And in some ways, the weather might help them do that, which uh, I think can be somewhat exciting for 49ers fans. So uh, that, that's going to be a fascinating thing for me to watch. We've got more keys to victory here to get to on today's program. But first... First, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about Built Bar. <laughs> Here's the Built Bar in his hands. We're going to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar and how it's going to help you with your New Year's resolution. You know, if your New Year's resolution is about getting fit, eating healthier, maybe you should try a Built Bar in your plan. Our Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or sometimes even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because, you know, it tastes so good. And we know how it is. People get, you know, three weeks into their new diet, new year, new me. And then they're like, man, I just can't do it. Is this worth it? I want some real chocolate. And Built Bar, they have that. It's covered with 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. 
All right, compare that to any candy bar, which, you, you know, they usually have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, empty calories, all that stuff that just is not good for you. All right, and here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret stashes in your, in your desk, your pantry, your car, your purse, take out all those bad snacks and replace that with a built bar. All right. And if you're not a big fan of working out, at least try something that tastes good and it's actually better for you. All right. Now, the cool thing about Bilt Bar, they always have so many flavors to choose from. Like Peacock, which is saying, man, coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, my favorite cookies and cream and salted caramel. We love both of those in my household, in the Crocker residence, uh, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, they're always coming out with new limited flavors all the time. So check back at Bilt.com early and often. All right, built.com, go there and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Akash, one thing before we get back to the keys to victory here, uh, a report about Adam Peters. Earlier in the week, we we had talked about how Adam Peters hadn't been a finalist for the second interview for the New York Giants yet. There was only two other candidates, and now he has become the third and it looks like the final finalist for the New York Giants GM job. We talked a lot about Adam Peters, how big of a loss it could be. Do you think it's a huge loss? It's, it's hard to know exactly, but man, just... Based on the guy who's in charge of the scouting department and how good that they've done with those later picks, when I think you can really, you can really attach those picks to the pure scouting department and to Adam Peters more so than you would attach those to say Kyle Shanahan versus you know some of the top picks and some of the ones that are pretty obviously the the picks that have Kyle Shanahan's fingerprints on them uh, would seem to be he should be a hot candidate and would be probably on one of my short lists for uh for a GM, gm candidate as well how big of a loss do you think it would be if the if adam peters left to say new york would be pretty massive but like you mentioned unless you're in the war room on draft day it's hard to know you know how much input each individual guy has uh, i've heard ran carthen who's uh who's also popped up in some gm interviews for some of these openings he also has a lot of influence and he also is a really good talent evaluator as well and clearly in the NFL circles, they hear that because he's getting some interview uh, opportunities. But nonetheless, it would be a huge loss. Anytime you you know lose top scouts, you got to kind of replenish uh, the well there. And so I'd imagine they'd have in-house candidates they'd want to promote. Um, but he's you know one of the lead talent evaluators. He was you know uh, instrumental in the Trey Lance pick I've heard. So it would be a tough loss. But New York would be a really good opportunity for him. The bar is really low there in New York with what they've had. He'd be following Dave Gettleman, so it'd be a great opportunity if he got the offer. Big market, New York, you know, just big football football brand. Um, so if he gets it, I'm sure he'd take it. Hopefully he just doesn't take one of the 49ers coordinators, either D'Amico Ryans or Mike McDaniel, uh, with him. Yeah, that was sort of my worry is he's going to take somebody. Maybe, it, maybe it's just one scout, you know, maybe it's an assistant or something. But you know he's going to – 
want to take from familiar people that he knows are good people and give them a raise somewhere. Uh, and I, I wonder if D'Amico Ryans might be one of his top candidates to be a head coach. And, and we'll have two 49ers Easts in the, in the New York area there with the Jets and the Giants at that point. Um, but there's, there's a lot of good people in the 49ers front office. You know, if, if Peters does go, you can give Carthen a bump up. And, you know, Ethan Waugh is another really highly thought That's of guy. Idea. Slide in there as well. And uh, I know there's a, a lot of people who have been in the, in the building for a long time. So it, it's really hard to know exactly who's in charge of what, but it would seem like it would be somewhat of a loss for the 49ers either way. But it's bound to happen at this point because he's gotten too many interviews and he's well thought of around the league. So, you know, Godspeed to you, Adam Peters, if you do get that job. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch want to give up any of, of their say so in the front office either. So I think they would be like, yeah, attaboy, go get them rather than, you know, cause I've, I've heard a lot of people say, Oh yeah, let's just move John Lynch to VP and then give Adam Peters GM. And it's like, well, Ma- Peters probably wants to final say instead of being the third voice in the room, you know, even if they take what he says, uh, you know, at heart he's still not the decision maker so i'm sure kyle shanahan's like yeah you know take the new york job and then send a first round pick for jimmy garoppolo and we'll uh, we'll call it even kind of like what the rams lines did last season so how do we work those those draft picks out that's uh, that's important um the 49ers are the nfl's only defense to allow less than one yard before contact per rush attempt on the season including the playoffs according to pff that's how good that D'Amico Ryan's defense is playing right now and that defensive line is playing and the linebackers are playing and it looks like all of them are going to be healthy and out there playing this weekend, which is did, fantastic news. Croc? Did, yeah, did you hear why he said what what has kind of been one of the changes? Uh, No. Did D'Amico talk about that? Yeah, Armstead playing in the inside and I'm like, yep. well... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a perfect correlation but finally you found you figured it out he should have been there all along or or listen to the fan base right because i think everybody every fan base called it i will say this all right traditionally armstead and buckner were drafted to be three four ends that was the defense the 49ers were running when they when they drafted them when the 49ers switched to a four three now you know they're not like nose tackles or they're not big d tackles so you have to play one at more of a three tech so you couldn't play both Armstead and Buckner in the middle. You play one at three tech, and you're going to have to figure out what to do with the other guy. So remember, they did all kinds of stuff with Armstead. Made him lose weight. Then he put his weight back up. They used him at big end. It did make sense to use him at big end because it allowed you to play more too high. So a lot of teams are going more towards too high, even on rundowns. But now instead of dropping, having an extra guy in the box, you have a big guy on the line of scrimmage to help versus the run. So it made sense to have him there, but – once you traded away Buckner, it was like, oh, Armstead's going to go slide in and he's going to play three tech. Easy. Then they drafted Kenlaw, and I'm like, what? And then now Kenlaw hasn't worked out. So, the, the, or so far, I don't want to like just cross him off the list. I, I, you know, but he's hurt and he came into the league hurt. So we'll see what happens with that. But it was like, is Kenlaw kind of a, I don't want to say a wasted pick, but I think maybe they kind of miscalculated it just a little bit in hindsight, of course. Could be, and I think it was right around week nine. I don't know what happened in Chicago, but it, it feels like that's when the 49ers season changed on both sides of the ball, and that's really when they transitioned Armstead from outside to inside, and their rushing defense has, has not looked back. And he's been dominant on the inside. You know, the box score may not show it, but I think he's had double-digit pressures combined in the last two weeks and underrated, but he's been healthy and available basically since he's been with the 49ers, it feels like. Whereas we talked a lot about few years were a little rough. 
his first few years, they were a little rough with the injuries. But since then, yeah, he's definitely come on strong. Yeah, at least it feels like an, uh, under Kyle Shanahan, it feels like he's consistently yeah, oh, yeah. out there and playing hard. So that underrated aspect. But, no, he's been fantastic. DJ Jones has been really, really good uh, in the middle. Hopefully they, the 49ers are able to re-sign him. He's on, like, a one-year, like, value deal. And just as, you know, uh, defensive line, um, linebackers fly around, make plays in the run game, their run defense is just – has been better than any season, I think, uh, under Kyle Shanahan. We talked a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo already. One one thing you brought up on Twitter, Akash, Jimmy Garoppolo's 13-5 and five outright as an underdog in his 49ers career. 722 win percentage, the best of any starting quarterback in the NFL. And, uh, and that line keeps making him a, a deeper and deeper underdog in some places, six points in some places, six and a half points. I mean, that seems too easy. And I know the Green Bay Packers could definitely win this game, but so could the 49ers. I feel like it starts creeping toward a touchdown. I just don't see the, the Packers blowing out the 49ers. This almost has to be a really good close game. I feel like that's just the only way it's going to end. Well, I, how, I, how many times have the 49ers gotten blown out? Right, like that—that that, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback now. So for all the things that we said about Jimmy and all that, he, you don't typically get blown out with him at quarterback. It, it typically comes down to the wire, and that's why he wins a lot of games because he's able. I told him I like him in the last two minutes, but getting blown out, you know, or even losing by six points, those are things that are a little rare as well with him. I, I yeah, I think is, I hear a lot of Packer fans really kind of oh. For, this is going to be a cakewalk and all this. I'm like, man, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, it's never that. He might do some weird things and make it closer than it has to be. But getting blown out, that typically does not happen to him. Maybe you once know, a year. Now that I, I think about it, he's he's Italian. Is there like some mob ties? Is he throwing like picks? And he plays just good <laughs> enough to win by a little or lose by a little. But it's always close. And there's always those extra picks. Where you're like, wait a second, that's a little bit weird. I'm starting to put things together now. I'm starting to see maybe uh, he's a point shaver. Is what you're saying? Yeah, maybe some point <laughs> there. Maybe some I said that in the. Uh, I said that. I want to say it was maybe the the Rams game. I tweeted that out. Like, does, does Jimmy owe somebody in the mob some money? Or maybe I yeah. said it in the Titans game, and somebody told me that's racist. So. <laughs> like not all Italians are in the mob, <laughs> but no. T- to your point, they are—they've only been underdogs twice this season with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Uh, both two times were the last two weeks against Los Angeles and Dallas, and I think they were only like three-point underdogs, depending on depending on the book. And they've won outright, so they're two and zero as as straight-up underdogs. And there's just this weird—they almost fare better as an underdog than a favorite. It's felt like every time they've been a favorite this season, you're like, oh, they're they're gonna win this game hand, you know, handily. That's when they really struggle. And so I think this team's kind of just built to be an underdog. And does that mean they're gonna win this week? I don't know. But if it gets up to like a touchdown, I feel pretty good about you know just taking the 49ers. I feel like that's just good value, 49ers and the points. Um, I think the lot the only time they got blown out with Garoppolo quarterback this year was against Arizona. And I think that was just kind of a fluke game. Um, and so they've only lost by more than a touchdown, I think one other time and i think that was seattle and i think that was seven points if i'm not mistaken so they're always in these games with this team so six and a half seven points is a lot one of my keys to victory is just keeping aaron Rodgers off the field because Rodgers to Devonte adams is really the one clear advantage that the packers have when you look at the running game when you look at the defense uh special teams even the 49ers have been not great on special teams but Packers have the worst special teams in the league. There's not many places where the Packers are clearly better than the 49ers except for Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So 
one of the keys to victory for me, it's easy. It's keep them off the field. Right. And, and that's the, um, I was on a radio show yesterday and, um, I, I teased that I had a, a statistic that, that showed where the 49ers where, where, where Aaron Rodgers could be stopped. And it was because he has zero career touchdown passes when his butt is firmly planted on the bench. And so that's, I think one of the ways the 49ers can beat the Packers, keep him off the field. And in a lot of the games where, the Packers either lost or was really close. They were able to uh, keep the Packers offense score down. And I had this question from Kruger on Twitter who asked uh, if it was more likely that the 49ers were going to score over 30 points or if they could keep the Packers under say 22 points. And I, and I think especially in the, given the weather, I think the keeping the total score down is probably a better path to victory than trying to outscore the Packers and winning it, say, 34-31 or something like that. Would you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you look at this game, and um, I, I think the, the defenses are probably going to come out playing better than uh, people expect. I saw the over-under. It was set at, like, close 47. to 50 points. Yeah, okay, 47. And I was like, ah, okay, that's like a 20, what, 20, 24, you know, 27-type game. And I just – I don't, I don't see that happening, something along those lines. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. I like the 49ers defense to kind of limit things. I think, you know, for me, when it comes to the kind of uh, the one of the keys to victory and really a big one, force a turnover, right? Like that's one thing. The Packers, they are extremely efficient offensively. Their quarterback does not turn the ball over. <laughs> He's thrown four interceptions all year. Four, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's thrown four thrown five in like his last three games all right uh their running backs don't fumble I, I think you have to get them out of their comfort zone and get uh get Aaron Rodgers frustrated a little bit and that that's hard to do but if you can get a takeaway somehow if if a guy can drop a pass uh you know whatever it takes to kind of get him out of his element get him a little frustrated and and we all see it with Aaron Rodgers his body language starts to change and he starts to give that I don't care what's going on type look you need to get him in that element. It's hard to do, but force a yeah. turnover and that'll help. Throwing YOLO I, balls. like And a lot of the things we've talked about here and, and keeping him off the field with the running game and, and getting the scoreboard in your favor and Akash is talking about winning at the line of scrimmage and all those things puts uh, their offense one-dimensional. He He's not on the field a lot when he is on the field. Pressure, he's got to make a play. He's got to score points. Makes their offense one-dimensional. Going after him with the pass rush, try to get him to make a mistake. You know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but all these things we're talking about all work together, and it's all part of uh, and really a, a lot of the game scripts that the 49ers have had this year. When he's not pressured, he's thrown 29 touchdowns and zero picks. So he eviscerates you when you give you when you know you give him time in the pocket, and his passer rating drops from 123 down to 68. You know, between you know kept clean versus under pressure. So pass rush. Uh, is the key against Aaron Rodgers. I think in week three, they had only one sack. I think they hit him like eight or nine times in that game, which just is not enough against Aaron Rodgers. He got the ball out quick. I think he his average time to throw was like 2.3 seconds. So they clearly came in with a game plan to execute it. But a bunch of things have changed since week three for the 49ers. You know, Arden Key uh, is a huge contributor now on the inside. I think he only played three snaps in that game. Uh, Charles Omenehu wasn't even on the roster. Jordan Willis was suspended. Eric Armstead was still playing at edge. He plays inside now. So the team looks a lot different from a pass rush standpoint. And I think they're going to have more success, especially because Chris Kosarek, D'Amico Rines, their pass rush scheme has just gotten more like complex and diverse as the season's gone on. And Rines has just really grown as a play caller from that standpoint. 
Um, they run some exotic stuff, exotic stuff up front that they just didn't in that game. So I'd expect them to get after Rodgers. And if they can, then like Croc said, you can maybe create a turnover, um, you know, force a fumble, something like that, and give the 49ers offense extra possessions. I've got one more key. I don't know how many more you guys have. We do have to get out of here pretty soon, but I think there's an X factor. I think there's somebody in this game that hasn't shown up much on the stat sheet recently that is is due for a blow up, and it's George Kittle. George Kittle. He's, <laughs> yeah. He does this, right? This happened earlier in the season. A couple weeks, not really doing much, you know, blocking his ass off like he always does, but, you know, catch here and there, not much, and then boom, 180 yards out of nowhere. And he's used to the weather. He said he's played a game that was negative 28 degrees wind chill or something like that. He might be that mutter, that cold weather guy, that guy that could break out for the 49ers offense that we haven't seen a lot of. And all eyes on Debo Samuel. You motion Debo Samuel over here, and all of a sudden, whoop, there goes George Kittle uh, out the other side, leaking out the other way. I think this could be a big George Kittle game. So uh, I'm going to throw that one out there. Let's go, George Kittle. Break out. And uh, I was going to remember, oh, yeah, George Kittle is on this team too, and he can he can destroy you. I was going to say, all the conversation this week has been about Debo Samuel and everybody's mm -hmm. forgetting about that man right there who can definitely change the game in, in the blink of an eye. Yeah, George Kittle's had some big games against the Packers. I think he had seven catches for 92 in the first matchup. Um, I remember in 2019, he had that huge corner post touchdown on Sunday Night Football at Levi's. Somehow he just plays well against the Packers, and the Packers have not defended tight ends well this season. I think in DVOA, they're 28th against opposing tight ends whereas they're top 10 defending receivers. And I, I don't know why, because Devondra Campbell's been a good addition at linebacker for the Packers, but they just struggle to cover opposing tight ends. So George Kittle, X-Factor, I do like that key. Anything else, guys, before we go? I know you got some I more stuff it. your sleeve, Akash, but feel free. Hit us with them. We'll <laughs> I've got nothing. I, I've spent all week looking at all these numbers. I'm just ready for the game to come on Saturday, and let's just kick this thing off just hyped yeah i feel that i feel that croc any last keys before we go just win oh just dang win. that's the raiders slogan but win the game there we go switch it up a little bit <laughs> win the stinking game don't lose just don't lose how about that just don't lose baby oh it's gonna be fun uh this i think this is gonna be an all-timer i hope it snows it'll just look awesome and, and be fun and, and a game that we'll always remember and uh let's see if the 49ers can keep that magic going akash thanks for joining us here uh thanks everybody for making us your first listen every day on locked on 49ers find akash on twitter at akash and nav um niners nation podcast uh, which there's like a million niners nation podcasts which one do you do? <laughs> we've got one a week and i think there's like six total uh okay. so i'm on with kyle posey the shannon plan drops every wednesday uh, but do subscribe as well thank you yeah kp show also a friend of the program um at Eric underscore Crocker at BD Peacock. Thanks for listening. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, co-hosted by Eric Crocker. Check me out doing the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily right here on the network. Croc and I will be back post game Saturday. Hopefully, my uh, hopefully I don't get worse and uh, and I'm healthier uh, in, in the next 48 hours for that game because uh, I want to be here for you guys post-game rapid react style. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.